Hello out there and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast. It's the All Cure Podcast. I'm Gavin and welcome back for another riveting installment of Shows of the Lost World Tour update. Yes, we have four new shows to share with you guys that have been awesome and uh, getting a good response from the people out there. So let's dive right in and see what happened on show 20, 21, 22, and 23. Kicking it off on June 10th, Saturday night, United Center, Chicago. This was a big one because everyone was a little bit surprised that Chicago only got one night even after some extra shows were added in they had just kind of gotten sandwiched in there i think and uh this was the one and only chicago show so you know they're gonna make it count and uh guess what we got commentary for this one from our buddy eric from up in canada just by chance he happened to be in chicago and it worked out he's gonna give us the full rundown of this wonderful show we did have a couple tour debuts we did have a poster that uh, involved Robert Smith overlapped with a skeleton of Robert Smith. Uh, very almost skateboard design, Pal Peralta looking version of, they should have gone full skeleton, I think would have been core. But it's still pretty cool. Um, I think people probably had mixed feelings on that one. Uh, he wore his Alex Harvey shirt again, so um, not sure if there's a connection there, but maybe you know like everything on a long tour it, eventually it's gonna start to double up so um yeah the the, the skeleton poster is pretty rad though there are a lot of cool little little easter eggs in the design there too so give it a close look but let's hear from eric he was there he was living the true experience and it's always a pleasure to hear from eric just a wonderful fella who's always cool to talk to uh, and text to and everything with our communication so he was very kind and sent in this review of the Chicago show let's kick it off to him hey Gavin I'm back at my hotel room after the Chicago The Cure concert on June 10th uh, at the United Center and thought I'd share some of my impressions of the show it's the first show i get in 15 years so um catching up after a lot of <laughs> missed years and yeah lots of emotions lots of uh different impressions and uh yeah first first of all total serendipity i'm from nowhere near chicago i'm up in canada and a few months ago i had this work uh, thing set out for this weekend in chicago uh well before the tour dates were announced so it was already set that I was coming to Chicago for two days and sure enough that the the show landed exactly during my work trip <laughs> which was crazy because uh, I wasn't really planning on traveling much for the shows uh, further from home where I'm in Ontario but this was amazing so what it, uh, this, and it turns out to be it's the, the biggest venue that I've seen them in I think ever so that's exciting so seeing them alone in a city that I'd never been to uh, after 15 years was something crazy. I've been to a lot of the shows <clears throat> with my uh, girlfriend and then wife over the years, uh, but she couldn't come this time. So here I am alone. <clears throat> in fact, she wasn't at the 2008 one either. So a different experience for sure. And uh, so I packed my tour t-shirts and uh, got ready for the evening after a long conference day, set out in totally different mode to the United Center totally revved up having followed the set lists uh, through the Europe shows and the American uh, leg of the tour so far and trying not to spoil myself any surprises <laughs> I haven't looked at the set list for the last few cities too much got there on time to catch the Twilight Sad and they were really powerful really amazing I quite like their uh, last three albums I guess I'd say and um, they played a really solid set really powerful I uh, got the crowd, crowd going. Nice warm-up for The Cure. Glad to see them live, because I didn't catch them the last time they were around. Okay, so the actual show, I managed to get some seats in the ground section, which was pretty cool, about 20 rows back. Pretty good view of everything. And it was really awesome to see the whole place filling up. And I believe it was sold out, so it was really full, which is uh, more than I'd seen in any other place, I think. So that's awesome. And then they came on, 
And I was in a funny mood, uh, just kind of like excited, but you know when you're trying to put that pressure on yourself to really enjoy something and then it's not totally clicking, I don't know. <laughs> I have trouble with emotions emotions sometimes. When you want something too much, sometimes I kind of detach. So I was excited, a little nervous, and um, it was all starting so fast. So alone, I really liked this song. Powerful, good warm-up song for the for the show. In a way, I wish I would have heard it later on. I think I would have appreciated it more. But I really like this uh, this song. Really good. And then pictures of you, standard, awesome, uh, second track, and the fragile thing, which is quite nice. I suspect that I'm gonna like an album version if it ever comes out better, because I think the lyrics are more poignant than I could really totally make out. But it played out nice. At this point, I'm still just kind of like watching the show a little detached. And I'm also trying to film it. And that I realized was soon backfiring because I was more interested in filming it than watching it. And I was trying to do too many things at once. And so I quickly shelled that idea and just recorded the audio. Uh, next was a big surprise tour debut for Like Cockatoos. And um, I love this song. And awesome to get a debut. <laughs> Never going to complain. And I love Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And this is a great track. I'm not 100% sure that I really like this one live, so guitar driven. Uh, but it's just cool and the backdrop was cool with the visuals and uh, he, uh, Robert was able to exercise his vocals pretty well and I was impressed with that. And just the same as in A Night Like This, which followed, which is solid. I started really hearing the band come together by the time this song came along. That one is super well rehearsed, well practiced, and they play that super tight. Lots of good emotion in his voice. I really was enjoying that. And the backdrop is just super cool with the larger images of the band right behind projected. I like that. It, it shows really nicely. Love Song is pretty, uh, and Nothing is Forever is pretty. A little Disney-like to me, <laughs> but I still quite like it too. And then when, when I really started getting into the show, I was able to relax a bit and if only tonight we could sleep. Love this track. Ever since the anniversary concert, I've been blown away by the guitar work. And Robert is just totally enthralling on his guitar. And his lyrics were, his, uh, his vocals were bang on, super um, emotive, and uh, love that. Th this is where, I, where I'm just blown away by the band. And then Into Burn, which is a song that I been waiting to hear since the 90s of course uh hadn't heard that one yet and i loved it i thought it was awesome really powerful awesome to see jason pounding away at the drums on the backdrop that's really awesome too the light show is great totally tribal rhythm kind of sounding drums and sometimes on the recording the live recordings it didn't sound so tight but this one really sounded great live i've got to say uh very very exciting so now i'm really getting into it Charlotte sometimes, one of my favorite songs, uh, always moving to me. And then Push, Push is obviously a crowd favorite. They were all over this one. I wish it sounded a lot more like how they played it in the 80s, but they still do an amazing job. And the crowd was just singing along like crazy. So it was hard not to get, get enthralled with that. Same thing with Play For Today, lots of singing along. The people around me were great and I couldn't help but join in. And then same thing with the forest, which is totally solid. Shake Dog Shake, I'm not sure what to say about this one. I feel like the delivery is a little less punchy than it used to be. Uh, maybe I'm just remembering the uh, 1984 versions a bit more, but yeah, a little, just a little less tight than what I'd like to hear, or maybe just less angry because it's Delivery of his vocals is, is kind of softer and more paced. So I don't know, but great, great track, very powerful. And then into From the Edge of the Deep Green Sea and End Song. End Song, I've been waiting to hear since we first heard it. This is the most amazing of the new songs by far. They played it beautifully, and I just stood there transfixed, just taking it all in. Oddly, I didn't feel a lot. Uh, I was just, just immersed in the experience rather than moved. Sometimes the song has had me in tears. This time, no. I think I've heard it a lot of times already in the last few months. 
Uh, but I was just really amazed with how the instrument interplay came along. Uh, love it, love it. I think it's a beautiful track, and if it's the end end track of whatever album may come, I, I think it's a very, very powerful way to end. Encore one. Uh, I could never say goodbye. Pretty good, but then it can never be the same. Very moving, surprising to me how often they've been playing it, and I love it. I love it as much as End Song, I think, and even more than when we were hearing it before a few years ago. Probably the song that moved me the most tonight and um, surprised me, surprised me. I really, really, really like that song. If only they could bring out a boy I never knew. <laughs> that would be a one-two punch for sure. Want was good. I, I feel like it's kind of odd to place it there. Um, what else can I say? Plain song, very well delivered. Robert walking along stage, staring into the cameras, clearly enjoying the moment, and uh, very well performed. I think some lyric goof-ups, but <laughs> always forgiven. And then Disintegration, same thing. Uh, some lyric goof-ups, I think he missed an entire middle section of the song. And so by the time they got to How the End Always Is, he actually added in another few verses that I couldn't really make out, as he, as is always the case with his ad-libs, but something about uh, every time I go to sleep, every time I go to sleep, I don't know, I'm going to have to listen to that one again. <laughs> uh, and then he apologized for flubbing the lyrics, uh, which is always funny too. Great track. Encore 2. A couple of surprises here. I gotta say, by, by the time we get to Encore 2, everyone's just been through... Uh, amazing performances, the emotional work of really rock-heavy tracks and heavy-laden lyrics, and, you know, like two hours in or whatever, <laughs> it's actually time for a party. And I really like how they've done it with, this, with the singles at the end, or the lighter tracks at the end. And so the crowd is just totally ready for it. And of course, Lullaby is a, a popular one. The Walk played amazing. Friday I'm in Love... I know people don't like this one, but like it's a party down there when that's playing. You can't help but but uh, but enjoy it. Close to me sounded better live than it has in recordings in a while to me, so I'm glad to hear that because I I've never really liked the recent recordings, but this was just fun. All of these are fun to just sing along. And then we got another tour debut. Uh, we got Why Can't I Be You, and I know there's other detractors for this one too, but I like this song in small doses <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun people singing along all the words and uh, Robert loving it I thought it was well placed I'm glad we got to hear it and that um, meant a pretty heavy kiss me kiss me kiss me set of tracks to, for tonight if you count um, like cockatoos why can't I be you if only tonight we could sleep then we got just like heaven so that's a lot of it's a lot of kiss me kiss me kiss me uh, which is great the more the better. The rest we know in between days, just like heaven, boys don't cry, solid, solid, solid. And then I had been wondering if we'd be getting this because I wondered if Chicago would get a bit of a special show just because the tickets sold out so fast and then the whole Ticketmaster's mess fiasco. So sure enough, it is Saturday night and they play 1015 Saturday night and then Killing an Arab and those are solid stellar tracks, solid rockers, sung with passion and the crowd loved it singing all all along and um, then they ended the show with Robert, Robert promising to come back so yeah I went from um, kind of a detached um, slightly anxious mood initially just kind of watching my favorite band perform after so many years and uh, trying to take it in to just being blown away by the power of um the tracks from the mid portion of the main set on and what a great selection of tracks and then encore one i guess i would i'd been hoping for some uh faith or pornography tracks <laughs> to show up here but always nice to get some disintegration tracks and then encore two was a big party and so yeah a whole gamut of emotions love it and um totally happy I went. 
I'd, uh, I'd decided against going on past tours uh, closer to home uh, in Toronto um, for different reasons I'd missed those but this time I decided hey this is quite possibly the last chance I have and I'm gonna throw it all in and go catch a few shows and so I'm so glad I did I wondered whether I was being silly buying tickets for now four shows in a row I'll be attending some of those with uh, my family and I think uh, I can't wait till the next one it's just a great party <laughs> and uh, they put on an amazing show and recommend it to everyone anyway lots of verbose impressions lots of amazing people around me from very far parts of the world and thanks to uh, to those I was able to have a good time I hope to see some of you uh, you guys in Peru <laughs> when they play there this uh, this fall okay good night for now thanks for doing what you do All right, again, a special thank you to Eric. That was wonderful taking us through the whole experience. I really appreciate that. Pretty awesome. Got two new tracks, Light Cockatoos and Why Can't I Be You is back in the mix. Number 52 and 53 um, of the tour so far. And they also got 1015 and Killing an Arrow back again for the longer 31 song total set list. It's got to be an extra little little extra bonus there since they knew it was one night in Chicago. Gotta make it count. So very cool and glad that Eric got to see that and witness it. Back-to-back shows. The next night, The Cure would play their 21st show of this tour, June 11th, Sunday night at the Blossom Music Center in Cleveland, Ohio. We would later find out that the band uh, did a quick pit stop over at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to see how their actual exhibit is in the Rock Hall there. Remember, they just did the ceremony take place in uh, Brooklyn, but the actual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. Isn't that what Huey Lewis was singing about? The rock and, heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland? No, it's, it's still beaten, I believe. Anyway, um, so yeah, they, they swung by. There's a lovely picture of Perry, Robert, and uh, Reeves at the Rock Hall. The others were like, yeah, we'll, we'll see it later. <laughs> Robert was rocking a Polymore Records shirt, a reference from Spinal Tap. Hello, Cleveland! And uh, the poster was very cool for this one, too. This was one that, that Chaz, I know, had cited early on when the whole batch got kind of leaked, that the Robert with a flowery space helmet on was a favorite of his. And I agree, this one was just weird and cool enough to be different. Definitely making it into my top five or so, I'd say. Yeah, why not? Uh, the show would start out on a bit of a scary note. It was uh, pouring rain real bad, and they had a severe weather uh, announcement. Pouring rain, and uh, they said they're going to have to delay. They moved everybody off the lawns and told them to go back to their cars and wait it out. And then it wasn't too long of a wait, it sounded like. And we did hear a few horror stories of people that just left or thought that the show was canceled, maybe even. But um, for the most part, I think hopefully everybody that wanted to stay stayed. And uh, we got a nice, awesome review from this one from our new buddy, Nicholas. So he had sent us a cool review of this. I don't want to disclose any more, but yeah, the, the rain scare. But, you know, everyone secretly loves a good rainy care show, right? So um, I'll let him tell the story. And uh, let's all get cozy again and listen to... Another first-hand account from Cleveland, Ohio, courtesy of Nicholas. Take it away. Hi, Gavin. My name is Nicholas Hedges. I'm from Zanesville, Ohio. Uh, I'm 31 years old, and I've been a fan, a uh, diehard fan, since I was 16. I had never heard of The Cure or any songs uh, and happened to stumble across them on uh, <clears throat> Fuse Rocks the Garden, uh, summer of 2008, and I was introduced with Underneath the Stars and Pictures of You. Ever since, my obsession has never stopped uh, and continues to grow stronger and stronger. I've been waiting half my life for 
the show in Cleveland uh, on Sunday. The day I became obsessed and discovered them, they had just been to Cleveland uh, two nights prior. So sadly, I've been waiting since. Uh, so 15 years later, they're back in Cleveland. Uh, they're playing at Blossom, which I think is the best venue in Ohio. I haven't been to any in Cincinnati. So maybe there's a better one there. Similar to other shows like San Francisco and Phoenix, uh, they really weren't playing in Cleveland. It's a place called Cuyahoga Falls, which is like uh, 40, 40 minutes to an hour away from Cleveland. We traveled about two and a half hours to get there. And it was my first time back to Blossom in 12 years. Uh, I had caught Radiohead there in 2012 and definitely became one of my uh, favorite concert experiences. So when I heard they were coming to Blossom, it, it made the whole thing even better. Blossom is a massive outdoor wooden amphitheater. It's placed in the middle of a massive field. They claim they can house up to 30,000. So when you pull off the main road into the parking lot, park in a field, you get out and you walk about a mile to get to the uh, venue gates. The place kind of gives you like a state park vibe. Uh, but anyway, um, rain was forecasted and rain started pouring down um, soon before we arrived. Um, so we walked the mile to the gates. Uh, we got soaked. Uh, it was pretty cold. But I was happy regardless. Um, I actually had been hoping for rain, uh, funny enough. What better band to see in the rain? And I was hoping the rain would spawn a very gloomy set list. I, I went to the show with my wife and uh, my best bud. Turns out once you live with me for a while, you naturally uh, become a Cure fan. So both of them couldn't miss it. Walking to the venue gates, uh, I was amazed at the amount of tailgating, uh, tents set up, um, people playing the tunes loud, getting ready for the show, uh, having beers and burgers, that kind of thing. Um, looked like people have been gearing up long before I had arrived. After walking a mile to the gates, uh, we found a conveniently placed merch stand. Um, I waited in line for about five minutes, wasn't too bad. Um, went a little nuts at the merch table. Uh, I think I bought one of everything. Uh, the, the event poster was pretty cool. I snagged one of those. Uh, I got a tour poster, um, two t-shirts, a hoodie for my very wet and cold wife, and uh, went ahead and got the bucket hat to keep the, uh, the water out of my eyes and I always needed a good excuse to wear a bucket hat, so there it was. I attempted to start walking back to the car to uh, stash the poster, um, but it was pretty obvious if I did, I was gonna get wet even more, um, waste some energy, and probably miss the Twilight Sad, which I definitely didn't wanna do. So the merch guy was kind enough to double bag the posters and uh, I got to tote them around through the water all night, but they made it out safe. I then uh, got in line to scan the tickets. Um, I think everybody's mentioned it. I was having strong anxieties about them not scanning or being valid or some kind of unforeseen catastrophe to uh, get me to the gate, but not through the door. It was raining so heavy, um, the phone was doing lots of things on its own due to the water on the screen. It actually ended up taking me about five minutes to scan three tickets. Um, I was a nervous wreck, but we got through finally. Uh, our seats were on the, the right side of the pavilion. Uh, I wanted Simon's side, and so that's what we got. We were hoping once we were in the pavilion, we'd um, not be rained on, um, but being on the edge of the pavilion, you actually end up getting 
rained on harder than if you're just standing outside. Uh, it collects off the roof and blows right onto you. Um, my buddy's seat was literally like a shower. Um, he ended up getting soaked even more beyond belief. Um, right behind me was like the handicap section um, and it had a lot of empty space. So he ended up sitting there and the venue lady was pretty understanding of the disadvantages of the, his assigned seat and was kind enough to let him stay there um, to be dry. The twilight side went on um, right on time. They were absolutely amazing. Um, I really only know their record from 2016, um, which was obviously introduced to me by Robert doing the cover of their song. Um, but very epic. Um, it's a shame if, if you've gone to the tour and, and missed the Twilight Sad. Um, it's a perfect intro band for The Cure, and uh, they're just great in every regard. Definitely want to catch them on their own tour where they can play for more than 45 minutes. After the Twilight Sad played, uh, I went to the bathroom, and while leaving the bathroom, I heard a loud crash, uh, followed by, I don't know, screams or cheers or some type of um, excitement. I started to panic, thinking the cure had gone on um, for some reason early, um, but it turns out it was lightning and the power had surged. I got back to my seat it was projected everywhere that the show was delayed or potentially canceled uh, lawn lawn folks were asked to um, walk the mile back to their car it looked like maybe only about half of the lawn people um, followed that order and then uh, within about 30 minutes the screen turned green and the show was back on um, the Cure started playing their little intro ambient thunder rain sounds. Um, potentially, I think it may have confused some of the venue workers and they mistook that for actual thunder, um, which I believe flipped the sign back to red for uh, a brief moment. Um, after all of the chaos, um, I believe The Cure came on finally at 8.30 sharp. Sadly, um, it seemed like at least a, a quarter of the lawn people um, didn't return or, I don't know, I heard a lot of people saying, you know, who they came with wanted to leave early because of the, the weather. Um, so, you know, a lot of people went through the ticket madness, paid the money, made the trip, got soaked and got in the gates just to, to walk out and, and go home. To each their own, I suppose. Um, but... As expected, The Cure came out and played uh, the new opener alone. Um, Robert did his usual walk around the stage saying hello to everyone in his very Robert way. Um, I've personally played this song to death. Uh, I know all the words. Um, and it was, an, it was a pleasure to finally hear it live. Um, even the best YouTube videos just aren't doing, doing the new songs justice. Um, Pretty stunning to hear. Um, I got my first set of goosebumps as Robert sang, uh, "The birds falling out of the sky and the world's falling out of our mind." And Here's to love, all the love falling out of our lives. Um, really strong, strong words. Um, very ready to hear hear this on studio recording. Robert mentioned something about he would say hello again, but. You know, it's been 15 years, so he's just going to say hello. Prior to the show, my whole family was taking bets on uh, if I was going to be crying or how many times I would cry. Um, they were all betting I would cry. Um, but Pictures of You came on, and I did get that kind of lump in the throat feeling when you get upset or emotional. I think you've mentioned Pictures of You um, as your favorite cure song maybe that was somebody else um but i don't really need to elaborate it's it's a hell of a song and, and hits so many uh different kinds of emotions all in one six or seven minute track and it's personally tied to a lot of stuff as i'm sure it is for many others 
Uh, I was kind of expecting a night like this to be next. Um, ended up being Love Song and uh, the new one, Nothing Is Forever. After that was a little curveball. Um, we got If Only Tonight We Could Sleep. Um, Robert made some kind of joke about um, asking us not to take offense. Um, but I was pretty jazzed for this one. It was, uh, I had made a little list of songs I wanted to hear, and uh, this one was on it. So I was happy it was played. While Robert was doing his little intro solo, he kind of took this firm stance like he was taking control of some wild beast. Uh, kind of an epic moment for me. I thought his guitar sounded extra gritty and scratchy. Um, I don't know if that was planned, um, but it was a nice touch on that song, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, after that, Burn came in early. Uh, I think it was song number six. Burn was one of the few songs I could um, guarantee was going to be played, and, and I knew it was going to be a, a highlight of the show. Man, Simon's Simon's bass on that track. Jason just shredding the drums. Robert's crazy wood whistle and you know the whole moment Simon and Robert have where they kind of put their shoulders and heads together and and kind of just let things happen. Um, so so good. Burn was a song I kind of slept on for so many years um, until they started dusting it off. Um, around the 40th anniversary time a lot of a lot of great things happening at once on that song it seems like every time it's played uh, we then took a, a trip down head on the doorland which is fine by me that's that's my probably number third number three favorite cure album starting with Kyoto song which I went nuts for and then of course we got a night like this um, and push Push is a top five Cure track for me. Wasn't sure if we were going to get it or not, um, but I was absolutely jazzed with the little trip to head on the door. I couldn't believe, I, I really thought Push was going to get like the whole place jumping. Uh, maybe I wasn't, maybe I was just kind of focused on my area, but I feel like I was the only one going nuts on that one. But I, I think after Push, uh, it definitely um, opened the mood up. A little bit and and people started kind of I don't know opening up more or, or just getting a little more amped up after we got through kind of a um, I don't know slow start I guess for some it could be slow considered slow not for me uh, after the head on the door trip we took we went into 17 seconds um, starting with at night that was another one that I was really hoping was gonna get played Another one I went really nuts for when you hear that, that nasty, nasty bass, bass line come on and, and the lights kind of go dark and did not disappoint. Uh, we then got play for today. I, I've seen this one played live a lot online and on DVD and stuff and I was really disappointed. I thought the whole, the whole crowd was going to be doing the, uh, the whole like oh 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 kind of thing for the chorus didn't happen on my side of the pavilion but i was i was trying to get people going uh then they they finished the 17 seconds with the forest um always a highlight of the show i think it was at this point i noticed simon was must be extra proud of his new white bass uh white schecter uh he kept kind of flipping it back and showing the crowd the back of it which has that kind of cool blood splatter uh, effect uh, and then we finished out the main the main set was shake dog shake uh, from the edge of the deep green sea and in song edge of the deep green sea the emotions kind of came back to me I got that lump back in my throat but uh, I did not cry but if I did I could blame it on the rain right uh, this was the first song in the set where it kind of hit me that the venue or the mix the mixing board guy or something desperately needed to crank Reeves up um, at least on my side of the of the pavilion Reeves was just turned down a little too low for my liking 
I'm not sure if the power surge maybe mucked some things up. It, when the power did surge, it, it seemed like the lights and the, the display kind of reset. Uh, then the band came back. We got the usual, um, I can never say goodbye, followed with it can never be the same. I can never say goodbye is probably my favorite new song. And the intro, Simon's intro on that is, I think, one of his best. The context of that song just, I mean, it kind of just hits hard. You think about the position Robert's in, losing family and older brothers. Um, I'm the baby of my family. I have five siblings. And, uh, yeah, I just try to put myself in his shoes and think about being older and, and, and starting to lose people you've spent your whole life with. And he definitely paints it where you can, you know what, you know where he's coming from. It can never be the same. I, I fell in love with back in 16 when it came out. Um, remember Robert had that It Can Never Be the Same written on his guitar for a while. Um, and then I, I play it to death on Curation Live all the time. Um, but that song's really been powerful for me for a long time. Um, I seemingly have kind of tied it to the death of my grandmother, which was... Uh, probably one of the toughest things in life I've gone through so really pleased to hear that one uh, Robert couldn't have delivered these two any more heartfelt I, you know, I know he's at this, by the by now he's played uh, I can never say goodbye probably about 50 or 60 times and it continues to amaze me the, the level of emotion and visible um, him being visibly upset a lot of times after performing it after this many times playing it and I imagine it's been a couple years since his brother's passed um, it's it's just amazing that he can the emotions that heavy still uh, one moment of the tour it's really stuck out for me um, the first encore at Hollywood Bowl I think it was night one um, after playing those two songs before a thousand hours he had mentioned um, how he wished he had written that while uh, his brother was still around and he also had mentioned, you know, he hears his older songs and and thinks, fuck, um, you know, um, he thought he knew what sadness was when he was young, and um, he had mentioned just how he had no idea. Um, I, I thought that was really crazy of him to say, um, but it stuck with me, and I've watched that encore from Hollywood Bowl like 20 times already, probably. Uh, we then got Plain Song and Disintegration. Plain Song, obviously awesome. Um, it's kind of weird hearing it without wind chimes in an intro. They just kind of jumped right into it, but uh, it is what it is. Um, disintegration sounded amazing. I think that was. It's a hard song to sing. I I willing to admit I've attempted to try to sing it. Um, in particularly the, the live Wembley recording from 89 and it's it's very tough it's fast there's a lot of words and you require a lot of air that's the end of the set almost so uh, it seemed like Robert was struggling to do that one but it still sounded amazing um, he forgot the last verse and just started improvising some things um, which I love when Robert improvises uh, he used to do it quite a bit in the 80s um, some live recordings I've heard uh, it kind of threw some people off singing along but yeah Disintegration was great definitely glad I can say I got that one um, under my belt of songs I've heard live we then uh, we got to the final encore I really think a lot of the people there were just waiting for the encore um, it's like the whole place really came alive uh, once Lullaby started after Lullaby we got six different ways so we went back to the head on the door I think that makes it five or six head on the door songs so we pretty much almost got the whole record Robert uh, mentioned he keeps forgetting how to play his part on the little um, mini portable keyboard he has after six different ways we got the walk um, Friday I'm in love close to me and uh, was pleasantly surprised with Why Can't I Be You, which I believe tour debuted the night before in Chicago. I'm a big Why Can't I Be You fan, and I was uh, doing my best to try to dance like they do in the video. 
I guess I spoke too soon about five or six. Uh, in, be in between days came after Why Can't I Be You. That would be the sixth head on the door track. Followed with Just Like Kevin, Boys Don't Cry. Um, by this point, it's about 11.30, 11.20. Robert started to say something about due to the circumstances and then abruptly said, ah, fuck it. This is the last song. I'm told if bands play after 11 at Blossom, the, the band has to pay a fee and that it's a choice so I'm being told the band chose to pay and and you know deliver us a 29 song set with that said I think with the the, the delay of getting started um, I, I kind of feel like some of the songs were cut short or played faster um, really noticed it on edge of the deep green sea it, I don't know, maybe maybe things were just going a little too fast in my mind, but I feel like some of the songs were shortened down um, just due to the delay. Robert also was not speaking to the crowd as much as I've seen him do um, on YouTube with other shows. But all in all, it was a great show, perfect set, good variety. Um, I sorely miss pornography. I was really hoping for Strange Day, Cold, 100 Years. Maybe Figurehead would debut over here in the States. But pornography was sadly absent, um, as was Blood Flowers. I really think this is uh, The Cure's last time coming to Ohio. Robert gave us a very unassuring if and when we'll see you again. I sadly will not be doing any more shows. I wish I was in Detroit tonight, uh, which looks like they're getting hit with even worse weather than the Cleveland show. But yeah, greatest concert of my life. Uh, it was worth the 15-year the wait, and I'm determined it won't be the last time I see the band. My last Cure bucket list is to take my son uh, to a show, uh, who's two and a half right now. But uh, I actually saw a lot of a lot of babies and, and stuff like that in the audience. I talked to one lady and she said, oh yeah, my baby loves loves Robert and the cure and ever since she was in the womb and uh, the baby is pretty young. Um, so that's cool. It was really cool to see the, the wide variety of fans. Um, and there's definitely a, a very young, young crowd who's following. I had I had two two young girls um, in front of me having the time of their life and yeah I saw I saw a lot of five seven five to seven year olds um, you know some with the hair and cool leather jackets and stuff like that um, so it was just cool to see just all that you know young to young to old and and just kind of see so many different people connecting with the same thing. And it was a very calm audience. Walking back to the car, it kind of felt like we were leaving a funeral. Everybody was uh, just quiet. Um, of course, you know, everybody was probably tired and everybody had been soaked for hours. Um, I had some soggy, soggy wet shoes to take off and all that fun stuff. Well, a couple other things uh, before I wrap up. Um, I thought the the monitors for the visuals at Blossom were really small. Um, the cameraman was pretty terrible. It's unfortunate for the handicapped people who are seeing the show. the The section the section was basically um, you know if you're sitting down you can't see the stage and you have to rely on the the monitors and uh, the monitors were just very small. Um, and the camera guy was filming like Roger hitting one key for like a couple minutes, uh, you know, while while Robert's walking around doing stuff. Or I don't know. The camera, the cameraman seemed like he was sleeping a little bit. Uh, another thing I noticed, and maybe it's just how things look on on the TV compared to real life, but I thought the the stage seemed smaller the normal for the band um they were they were kind of like five to seven foot apart 
Um, they just kind of seem closer than normal, kind of seem like more of a, maybe an intimate kind of show for them, um, being more close, close together. Other than people leaving, though, um, I, I thought that the audience was very respectful and, and good. It, it, just people leaving makes no sense. Um, the guy beside me was having a great time. He, he hadn't seen the band since 1984 or 5. He was having a great time. He knew all the songs and then leaves um, before the final encore. And I said, what, what, what are you doing? What, there's a couple more songs left. And he said, ah, I'll, I'll hear them on the way to the car. I don't understand that, but um, I'm sure he got home a lot earlier than everybody else. But anyway, thanks for listening, Gavin. I want to shout out uh, Kate at Cure Threads. Uh, she she turned me on to the Holy Hour podcast. Shout out to uh, Arusha doing the push. Cure fan doc, and uh, shout out to Autumn Cure who who did the uh, did or does the uh, pictures of you website. Enjoy your shows coming up very soon and uh, safe travels. Uh, thanks a lot. I'll keep listening. All right. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Really appreciate you taking the time and walking us through that, giving us all every little juicy detail. Man, I'm so glad that the show didn't get canceled on you guys and you were able to Uh, Tough out the severe weather there. Even then, I guess some people just left when they wanted to leave. Don't understand that too, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, glad that you were able to tough it out and report back for us, Nicholas. It seems like a great show. I was able to catch a really good live stream of that one. Uh, This whole stretch of shows really... um, uh, the Cure underscore on this day on Instagram, which is run by Leany, I believe. Uh, so thank you so much if you somehow hear this. It was a nice live stream where I was able to really get into it too from far away and uh, even see how Want actually does sound good in the middle of that Encore 1 coming after I Can Never Say Goodbye and It Can Never Be The Same. Seems like the first thing and only thing you can do is start out with the howl that kicks off Want. So it seemed like a very therapeutic and appropriate spot for it, actually, when you watch it. So very cool. Six Different Ways was back, so that was cool. Why Can't I Be You again? So uh, I wonder if it's going to be doing the Unstucks alternative. So... Hard to say, but we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Let's move on to the last two shows. June 13th, Tuesday night. They did have a break the day before, but they make it to Detroit, Michigan. Pine Knob Music Theater. Apparently it's been 19 years since the Cure has played in Michigan. So I'm sure they were very pumped to have them back. Uh, The Crow poster with the mask came out. And uh, a lot of people love this one. Of course, you, you... it, it looks pretty rad. Uh, the mask, I almost wish it had been like the pornography mask. It would have been really cool with like the red eyes and stuff. But uh, it's just kind of a cool, uh, very crow comic book looking. So they really leaned into that. So I, I dig it. Robert was wearing his Eraserhead t-shirt. So again, a, a duplicate there. So along with the usual suspects on this tour, we did have some good alternative tracks sprinkled in. Cold is back in the rotation played in the seven slot. At Night was also back in there, and Charlotte Sometimes. It Can Never Be the Same was played a little earlier, not in the encore. This time it was in number 12 spot, and 39 made its triumphant return. Encore number one was a solid one and a little different. We had I Can Never Say Goodbye and Strange Day 100 Years into a Forest. So just the four songs. But you got 100 Years, guys, and Strange Day. So very cool to get a little taste of pornography in there. Breaking away from the plain song disintegration combo, which I feel like has had the longest run. Uh, so this this broke the streak there, and uh, everybody got a taste of pornography instead of disintegration. And Encore 2 was pretty standard with Why Can't I Be You swapping in. For it, so why can't I be you sticking around for what third night now out of this? So yeah, third night in a row. Why can't I be you? 
No thousand hours or six different ways for Detroit. So a little sad there, but and perhaps the first 28 song set list in a while. They're down to 28 songs on this one. Didn't seem like anything got gypped as far as the full length of anything. So maybe it was just because there was a few longer boys in the rotation on that one, like a hundred years and 39. So uh yeah. Can't say anybody should feel gypped in the slightest. Um, according to setlist.fm, Trust was also on the set list. It, and then uh, it was going to be played in Encore 1, but was scratched out. So Trust and M were sound checked. It was confirmed too. So maybe M will pop up soon. That would be cool. And uh, a little sad when you know it got scratched. Trust would be great to have in there. And might have been that last song that they uh, would have been playing on 29. So maybe not. Like uh, like Nicholas was saying, though, the, the, if you go over on these time limit curfews, they charge the hell out of you. So that was cool that they uh, did it for the, um, for the last show. But on this one, maybe they're like, oh, it's not really worth it to play Trust. <laughs> so they scratched that to save a few bucks. Can't blame them on that one, maybe. Um, but not really sure. I, was there another rainish delay on that one? I think there was, right? Yeah, it was bad weather in, in Detroit, too. So, But I think it was pretty clear and smooth sailing for the final show that we'll cover tonight. Show number 23, um, June 14th, Wednesday night, Budweiser stage. They crossed the border back into Canada at Toronto. Eric was there again. He was very kind and, uh, and and did a stream of pictures of you, so I was happy to see my favorite. And he also did End Song at the end of the main set, which uh, it was just sounding beautiful. That song sounds so good. And lucky for you guys, at the zero minute there, I was trying to crank all this out, and uh, I received another recording from Eric from the front lines after the Toronto show, so I'm going to let him explain all the good details of what down in Toronto. Let's hand it back off to Eric. Hey guys, this is Eric again. I just got back to the hotel after the Cure show in Toronto at the Budweiser stage and just thought I'd give a few mm, remarks, reflections on that show. Saw them at the same location in 2000 at the Dream Tour, and so it was kind of cool to visit them again at the at a same location. I hadn't seen them back in Toronto. I know they played a few times in Toronto between then and now, but um, this is my first time seeing them back. So that was cool. It's an outside venue, amphitheater, and I was in the covered part, but it wasn't a rainy day, so it was good for the people on the lawn too. And it is definitely a different type of show when you're watching them play outside, especially when the sun's still out and uh, you're starting with Alone, which is like, <laughs> starts with the rainstorm. But here we have like a beautiful sunset behind us. So that was a little bit odd. And it actually took to like halfway through the show before the sun really went down. So that was, that was a bit different for me. A little bit like the anniversary movie, I guess. Really full venue. I was up in the 300s, which was an okay, okay point of view. But um, looking back at the people on the lawns and wow, I don't know how much you can see from there. The sound is okay, but I don't know how much you can see from there because they look pretty far back. So uh, anyway, maybe someone's got a point of view on that. And the only other thing about the setup is being an amphitheater, <clears throat> you don't get the same effect as in the uh, arenas where Robert's walking off to the sides of the stage and seeing all the people in the side sections. Here, here you kind of lose that effect a little bit. So. Uh, anyway, uh, on to the tracks. A um, couple of pleasant, uh, smaller surprises in the set list uh, for me. A few changes, uh, but nothing like the Detroit show that they got the night before with some uh, deeper, darker stuff from um, 17 Seconds and Pornography. I guess we'll have to look forward to further dates down for that. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, Alone was quite a good starter again pictures of you excellent a fragile thing is starting to grow on me i gotta say as i can make up the lyrics more i think i'm liking it more and more and a night like this is, uh, is always solid 
with good uh, Reeves solo. Love song, they play beautifully, really well executed. And Nothing Is Forever, still a little bit so not too sold on that one, but uh, they played it well. Burn really is where the show takes off for me, really pumped up. Unfortunately, the crowd in Toronto, it's the second time I noticed this, very static crowd, takes a lot to get Toronto going. <laughs> Sorry to anyone else who was jumping around. I was the only one in my section who seemed to be enjoying this one and singing along. I love Burn Live. I love it as a, as a standalone track and I love it live. I think it, they really pull this off really cool. Great energy. Next, Fascination Street came back into the set list after many, many shows absence. Uh, I really like Fascination Street. I know it's not everyone's favorite single, but uh, that's the one that brought me into disintegration way back in 89. Uh, hearing it on the radio and I've always had a soft spot for it and I like how it's kind of dancey um, as well in a dark way I gotta say they didn't really pull it off that great it sounded kind of muddy and a little bit disjointed for the first bit um, I don't know it feels like there's almost too much too many instruments the way they play it right now I don't know not the best performance I've heard of it not sure what's going on with that one. Maybe someone with more music <laughs> uh, knowledge can tell me. But uh, it just doesn't sound as clean as it does uh, in previous versions. Um, Push was instantly recognizable and popular with the crowd. Play for Today, they, they played immaculately. The crowd had no concept of singing along with it at all, <laughs> which is funny. I guess I just... Stayed quiet. It's it's kind of weird to be the only one going, oh, <laughs> but they did okay. A Forest, I thought they did really well tonight. Really nice ending to it with Simon de demolishing his bass <laughs> and the crowd loving that. Uh, they pulled out The Last Day of Summer, which I've never heard live, and that was a new one for me, so I'm happy to hear that one. Even though I did hear them on the Dream Tour, they didn't play that one when I was there. So uh, that was cool. Although, again, a little bit messier. I don't know. Um, I like it. I like it when it sounds crisp. Shake Dog Shake sounded great. From the Edge of the Deep Green Sea. I thought he did really well vocally on this one. Sometimes it's not quite as punchy, but I thought he did really, really well. Uh, st still a bit muddy sounding. The sound at the Budweiser stage tonight was a little bit less clear than what I'd heard recently in Chicago. So it was a little bit harder to make out the different instrument sounds from where I was. And so that, that one came out not as great. Boy, you sure can hear Roger's keys though. <laughs> With him on the, uh, on the video projector, just tapping his keys away for like eight minutes straight. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, didn't smile much either, but anyway. And end song always flooring me. I, as much as I'm dancing or whatever for all the songs before that end song, I'm just like still taking it in. I, I just find that one majestic. Uh, love it, love it. Encore that came after that is exactly what I heard in Chicago. I can never say goodbye. It can never be the same. Want plain song in disintegration. No prayers for rain. Was kind of hoping for that. I was kind of hoping they'd play it because of the awful wildfire smoke we'd had <laughs> like a week or two ago. It would kind of would have fit, but anyway, uh, no prayers for rain. Uh, big love again to It Can Never Be The Same. I just love how he sings this live. It's crazy good, super expressive. And as much as I love Want as a album track, ugh, I, I just feel like it's... I think what's missing here is the uh, the guitar. Um, it's just not quite as driving as on the album or previous live versions. So I, I feel like the lead guitar has to be really more aggressive somehow. It's just not coming across. That's small criticism. But I'm glad to see some anything from Wild Mood Swings showing up. It's hard to get anything from uh, from later albums. Uh, lately, so I'll take that. Encore 
two, we all know the singles that they played. The crowd came alive for this section as predicted, and so did I. It was great fun. Two surprises that came in were six different ways. I've never heard that live, and that's a lot of fun. Although I hate to sound grumpy about it, but it just didn't really come together well for the first couple of minutes. I don't know, it just didn't quite sound poppy enough somehow. Maybe too much guitar, a little muddy, but nevertheless, wonderful to hear something I've never heard before. For us Canadians in the audience, he uh, switched up the lyrics to uh, it's that Canadian voice again instead of it's that American voice again. So got the crowd happy for that, for that little switch up. <laughs> wow, I really like the walk live, just want to say. And then the other little surprise was doing the Unstuck. Yeah, they seemed to enjoy playing that one. So it was nice to hear that come back. A really solid Close to Me Tonight. Thought he did fantastic on this one. Uh, sometimes works better than others, but tonight it really worked well. And the closer three songs in between days, Just Like Heaven and Boys Don't Cry, very solid, of course. So yeah, that's pretty much the show. Audience on their feet for the last many songs and loving it and um, cheering on. So by the end, I think everyone was happy. Uh, overall, excellent show. Got 29, 29 songs and um, a couple I'd never heard before live, which is great. For the venue, I'm going to say maybe a B plus because the sound wasn't great, although my view was good. And the crowd, hmm... A little bit lifeless at the beginning, but <laughs> three hours in, they came they came alive. <laughs> I hope to see them again, and that's how he closed. We were all listening for it. He didn't say he'd be back. He says, I hope we'll be back, and he was walking around the stage looking at the crowd very intently, kind of soaking it in as if it was the last time, question mark, question mark, question mark, um, clearly trying to make the most of the moment, and that's... Um, it's really nice to see an artist doing that. I mean, as much as <laughs> they're probably making a bit of money off this tour, he's also clearly loving it and uh, making the most of the moment. So it's really nice to have that relationship with an artist, um, you know, 40 years into it. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Oh, and I forgot to mention, th there was definitely some ad-libbing of lyrics in Disintegration again. So I'm not sure if anyone's able to decipher them, keep track of them, but um, kind of cool, kind of cool. All right, that's it. I'm off to sleep and uh, resting up because I've got two Montreal shows coming up and I can't wait to hear those. Take care, good night everyone. Right again, a very special thank you to Eric. Thank you so much for uh, giving us a second segment in play-by-play -play of Toronto. Um, you should have heard my spiel. It was very uh, black and white, reading from the set list. Uh, so I guess it was a good show. <laughs> so thank you so much for making it that much more clear. And, you know, for calling out those songs that you felt personally, in your opinion, didn't really deliver the way that you had hoped or had in the past. So uh, pretty cool to hear a good, honest opinion of that. You know, these guys are playing a, a billion shows, these songs over and over. Some are definitely going to be other, better than others. I'm sure they would admit it too. So uh, it's cool to be honest with each other here. So very cool. And uh, obviously the love is there. And Eric seems very psyched about Seeing the band a couple more times in Montreal coming up. So, um, yeah, hard to say what's going to happen with the reviews coming up. Uh, they got two shows in Montreal and Boston, and it's going to be right before I hit the road. So I'm going to have to, like, take notes and maybe try to read them to you guys um, in the car. So sorry in advance if that uh, review is a little skimpy. We'll backtrack if we need to, but um, i got to get up to... to to Chaz's place for these New York shows. The time has come. So um, we're going to leave this here since we're going over our limit for a non-official episode. This is just a tour episode. So this is not a holy hour episode. But it is. It's over an hour now. What am I going to do? The, I'm going to charge myself a curfew fee for going over. So great. Um, so anyway, we'll catch you guys on the next one. I will recap something for Montreal in Boston and then uh, next thing you know the action begins finally it's our turn New York City Madison Square Garden 
It's going to be epic. So if you're not subscribed, you better get your ass subscribed or keep your eyes real closely peeled to Instagram. So look forward to it. Thank you for listening. A giant thank you to Eric and Nicholas for sharing your testimonials and experiences of seeing the cure. All right, we're going to cut it off here. Take it easy, guys, and uh, see you out there. Talk hard.